Welcome to the Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. I want to begin by announcing our Prophecy Conference that's coming up Saturday, September 17th of this year. We're having our first ever Tipping Point Prophecy Conference. It's going to be at Fellowship Church in Grapevine, Texas, just about five minutes from the DFW airport, right here in the Metroplex, DFW Metroplex. Uh, pastor Ed Young is the pastor there. It's a phenomenal church. This is going to be an all-day conference from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Our speakers will be Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, Dr. Mark Hitchcock, Pastor Billy Crone, myself, and possibly one or two others. The cost of the conference is $99 per person or $49 for the live stream. Subscri but subscribers get a 50% discount. In the next week or so, subscribers will be getting an email with a link to sign up for the conference. We're giving two weeks for subscribers to sign up before we open it up to the general public. So be looking now for an email because when you get that email, just follow the link and sign up for two weeks. We're letting all the subscribers, and we have lots of subscribers, we're letting you take a first shot. I hope we fill up the whole conference with subscribers. But after two weeks, if we still have seats, we're going to open it up to the general public. And I'll be doing a meet and greet. Uh, in a special subscribers-only section of the foyer. And I look forward to meeting as many of you as I can. I'm going to shake as many hands as I can. I'm going to take my picture with as many of you as I can. But I hope that you'll come to the conference. Now, this conference is one week before Rosh Hashanah on purpose. And we're going to be gathering to learn more about Bible prophecy and what's happening in the world right now. Uh, and Pastor Jonathan Kahn, I know he's going to be, or Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is going to be bringing a special message to us about what God is doing in the world of what he's saying, but it's also a very special time to prepare our hearts for the return of Jesus. Now you've heard me teach, if you've heard me for very long, you've heard me teach that I believe that the rapture will happen during Rosh Hashanah. It's a two day feast. We don't know the day or the hour, but prophetically Jesus was crucified on Passover, buried on unleavened bread, rose again on first fruits and Pentecost happened exactly during the feast of Pentecost. There are three unfulfilled feasts and the next one to happen, they have to be fulfilled in order. The next one is the Feast of Trumpets coming up in September of this year. And we just want to have this conference to learn more about Bible prophecy, but to prepare our hearts and to encourage each other. You know, I just, I'm going to have this teaching here in just a minute, but you know, I just never thought it would get this bad. I mean, honestly, I've been teaching Bible prophecy for many, many years, 40 years. And I, I, I taught, I have taught for many years that it will keep getting worse. Uh, but I just never thought it would get this bad. Honestly, I, the, the level of deception, the level of corruption and perversion in our world right now is something like I never thought I'd see. This is an article. I'm just going to mention this article to you. But this originally was published by the Family Research Council, one, wonderful people. <clears throat> and this article says dangerous deconstruction movement targets Christians to abandon the faith. Now this is a, they are actively recruiting Christians to abandon the faith and many are. And th this article begins, a trendy new hashtag tempts Christians to look wise in the world's eyes. There are 293,026 posts on Instagram using the hashtag deconstruction, reported apologetics writer Elisa Childers earlier this year. And I'm quoting now, the vast majority are from people who've deconverted from Christianity, but become progressive Christians, embrace same-sex marriage and relationships, rejected core historic doctrines of the faith, and are on a mission to crush the white Christian patriarchy. Now, there are people, I've, I've been a pastor for 40 years. I know people that I pastored for years. I, I know a lady that was on my staff. 
for, for years. And she has completely rejected the Christian faith. She divorced her husband. She left the church. And she has completely rejected uh, Christ and Christianity. And there are many people like this. This is one of the signs of the time. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul talks about the Jesus won't return until the apostasy happens. This is what we've seen, is a mass worldwide apostasy rejecting Christ, rejecting Christianity. Many are coming to Christ, but many are abandoning Christ. And so this is a sign of the time. In this show today, I want to talk about judgment. I want to talk about the coming judgment, eternity. This is what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24. The disciples on the Mount of Olives came to Jesus and asked him when the end would come, what the signs would be. And so Matthew chapter 24 is Jesus answering that question and telling them the specific signs of the end times. But then Matthew 25, it's the same context. It's, it's, it's an unbroken, contiguous text. When Jesus finishes talking about the signs of the end time, he then tells two parables in a true story about the judgments that are going to happen when he comes back. And this is very, very important. The, the grace and mercy of God to tell us exactly what's going to happen when he comes back. Now, he told us the parable of the ten virgins. That's the first parable that tells us we will not get into the marriage supper of the Lamb without a personal relationship with the bridegroom. Okay, that's, that's the whole moral and uh, meaning of the parable of the ten virgins. And by the way, Jesus said when he returned, half the church would be false. There were five foolish virgins who he didn't know and five wise virgins who he did know. And so the most important thing in preparing for the return of Jesus is to know Jesus Christ personally, not just to be a member of a church and not just to know Christians or use the label Christian, but to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Then Jesus told the parable of the talents. And this is what I want to talk about in the show today is the parable of the talents. Now, this is a, a, a parable. I'll read it to you and then we'll talk about it. This is Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 14. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Twenty gave five talents to another two, to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received the two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping 
and gnashing of teeth. Now, this is a long parable, but Jesus is the man. Jesus begins the parable by saying the kingdom of heaven is like. And what he's telling us is this is what's happening. This is the program. Jesus is the man who went on a journey. And we are the servants who have been entrusted with our master's talents. Not just Christians. Every person has been entrusted by God with something. And by the way, the word talent there, it's a weight of measure and it's 75 pounds. It could be 75 pounds of gold, 75 pounds of silver, but it's a massive amount of money. So when he says he gave the man five talents, he gave him a massive amount of money. And it says there, each according to their own ability. It was demonstrated capacity. He wasn't preferring the man with five talents. He wasn't picking on the guy with one talent. He had been watching those stewards for a long time. God is a good steward and he doesn't waste. And so when God sees a person who is investing the talents that he has given them properly, he keeps giving them more. And so, and this is a principle of the kingdom, verses 28 through 30, take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. What Jesus said, for everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And so you have to understand, God is a good steward and he's given everyone something. Everyone has at least one talent. There's, because if you didn't have a talent, there wouldn't be a, uh, a judgment someday. God wouldn't be able to judge us if we had nothing to be judged by. So every single person has something. And here's the point. When Jesus returns, he wants to, us to show him a, a reward with what he's given us. What, what are you doing with the talents and abilities that God has given you? And here's a critical truth that we need to understand. We are saved by grace, but we are eternally judged by our works. Okay, the only, only way we're going to get to heaven, according to Ephesians 2 and many other places, is we're saved by grace and not of works, lest anyone should boast. Revelation chapter 22, now this is Jesus. He says, and behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And see, the beautiful thing about that verse is he says, my reward is with me and I'm coming to give everyone according to his work. The, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat of Christ, this is not the great white throne judgment. When we are raptured or we stand before Jesus, it's a judgment of rewards. Okay, so this is 1 Corinthians chapter three. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another man builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. No other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved, yes, so as through fire. So the Apostle Paul here is telling us what we do in this life is either something eternal, gold, silver, precious stones. We're building on the foundation of Jesus. Our life, our lives are for Jesus. We live for him. If you're a, a secretary, if you're a doctor, if you're a teacher, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're a rocket scientist, Whatever you are, you do it for the glory of God. In other words, God has given you gifts and abilities, 
And those gifts and abilities, what we do with those are for God. It doesn't mean you have to go around preaching to everybody all the time, but it means I do what I do for God. A, a, a woman, a couple in our church, an example of this, she's a third grade teacher and she's been a third grade teacher for like 30 years. And she told me one day we were talking, she said, I pastor my third graders. She said, I love those third graders and I pastor my third graders. And she does. She prays with them. She talks to, talk to them about the Lord. And her husband is a very successful businessman. He's a kingdom businessman. Everything he does, he does for the purpose of, uh, and, and they're very blessed personally, but they're very generous people. In other words, what they do, they do for God. And one day when they stand before God, God will hold them into an account of what did you do with your life? And she's going to be able to say, look at all these third graders I had for 30 something plus years in all that uh, I invested in them for the word of God. And, and imagine how those kids grow up and that investment then begins to bear fruit from what she did. And then the, the husband and the couple, very generous givers, but he uses his business skills for the kingdom of God. He's a kingdom businessman. But here's, here's what I'm saying to you. Gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Okay. Wood, hay, and straw is combustible. These, these are not combustible. So one day, the Apostle Paul is telling us, whatever we've done with our lives, we're going to stand in the presence of God one day, and there will be a judgment of fire. Now, this is not a torturing fire. This is just a revealing fire. But everything that's combustible, the, the selfish things we've done, the sinful things we've done, they don't keep us from heaven. It says that we're going to get saved, get as through fire. Let me say this another way. If we all do selfish things. We, we all do things that, you know, I mean, when I'm sitting around watching golf, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, I don't think there's an eternal reward for it. I mean, it is a reward for me. I don't think there's an eternal reward for that. We all do stuff that, you know, is a temporal thing. But is it all we do? And there are people, I, I know people, that they just don't do anything for anyone. I mean, they, they live a very selfish, small life. And so what's going to happen with them, and they're Christians, I believe they're Christians, what's going to happen to them someday when they stand in the presence of God is they're going to be examined by Jesus. He wants to reward them. There's not going to be anything to reward them for, and they get heaven. If you get heaven, that's, you get Jesus for all of eternity. That you're, that's a big win. But do you understand that God is not a socialist? There will be people in heaven that didn't have much here, and they will be filthy rich for all of eternity. And if you are rich here, you may have those riches for 50, 60, 70 years. You'll have them for trillions and trillions of years in heaven. Jesus said, don't lay up your treasures on earth. Lay up your treasures in heaven. The only way you can eternalize anything is to give it to God. You serve the Lord with it. And so the, the, but, but if you stand in judgment someday and the fire comes and there's gold, silver, and precious stones, those are eternalized. What you do in this life, what I do in this life, has an eternal consequence. And I was reading this article uh, earlier about the deconstruction people. These people will burn in hell. I mean, and I, I feel sorry for them. These people that are so uh, bold today in their sin and in their deception and all that they're doing, it's, and it's unbelievable going after little children, kindergartners, and, and putting doubt in their mind, are, the, are they the sex that they are, and trying to transition them and to destroy their sexuality forever. There's a special place in hell for people who hurt kids. And I'm telling you, these people that don't have any fear of God, there will be a dramatic fear of God in that judgment. But the judgment of Jesus isn't a fearsome type of a judgment. It's just an examination that we go through before we enter into an eternity so our works can be rewarded. And I'm going to give you a really encouraging scripture here in just a minute. 
God wants to reward us. God is a rewarder of those who serve him and those who fear him. And so here's a couple of questions. What is the grace that God has given you? What talent do you have? Because you have a talent. You may, may be with kids. You're good with kids, you know, and you can help at the church with the kids. Maybe you're a good organizer and, you know, you're a good administrator. Maybe you're a giver. Maybe God's given you the ability to make money and you can use it to, to build his kingdom. Maybe it's music. I don't know what it is, but I can promise you, you have at least one talent and some of you have more than that. Okay, but let me give you, and the other question I have for you is, what are you doing with your talent? Now, let me give you a real encouraging scripture. This is Matthew chapter 10, because you, I don't want there to be any condemnation or any pressure, because this is a really encouraging scripture for all of us. This is Jesus in Matthew 10. He said, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. And let me tell you what I love about that scripture. See, because some of you right now may be thinking, well, I, I don't think I've ever done that much. You know, I, I don't know what my reward will be. Jesus says two things there that I think are phenomenal. He says, if you receive a righteous man or a prophet in the name of a righteous man or a prophet, just means that you receive them as a believer you receive them, you, re you, you take care of them, you receive them into your life, you bless them, you receive of their ministry, whatever you do, you give to their ministry, whatever it might be, you're going to receive their reward. And I said this to, to our congregation when I pastored many, many times that I, I was up preaching, getting all the attention and everybody thinks, you know, you're, you're preaching to all these people and reaching all these people. I'm sure you're going to get a, a huge reward. I believe I'll be rewarded. But do you know that everyone who has helped me do that gets the same reward. That's a beautiful thing. And I said to our congregation many times, I'm up here preaching. There are people working in the nursery. We get the same reward. I couldn't do what I'm doing if they weren't over there doing what they were doing. The people in the parking lot, the people greeting people as they walk through the door, we all get the same reward. And I love God for that. So don't think that you have to climb Mount Everest to get God's attention. And this is what Jesus said. If you give a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, you won't receive your reward. Did you know that every single thing we do is rewarded? You, you give a, a cup of cold water. I was on a mission trip to Arizona when I was in high school and we were on an Indian reservation and we gave the little children uh, Kool-Aid. Uh, and these little kids took that Kool-Aid and poured it out on the ground. And immediately, first thing they did was pour that Kool-Aid on the ground. And, uh, and I went over to one of the little kids and I said, hey, don't, don't pour your Kool-Aid out. And this man walked up to me and said, they've never seen ice before. And they took the ice out of the cup and laughed and rubbed it on their face. These little Indian kids, it was about 115 degrees every day that we were there. Just unbelievable conditions that they lived in. And I, we gave them Kool-Aid. And you think back on that and think, of the highlights of my life and the things that I've done for the Lord, I wouldn't think about that, but God does. Some of the things that you have forgotten about, you'll be, you'll be rewarded for it someday. And the reason I'm saying this to you is because we, uh, here on the tipping point, we talk about Bible prophecy and Jesus returning. That's wonderful. We all want that. But Jesus told us what would happen when he returns. Number one thing that happens is that we marry Jesus for all of eternity. I mean, that's the most important thing that happens. But another thing that happens is we are judged. And that is a judgment of rewards. And the things that we do in this life for the Lord and to help other people, those are the things. The good works that we do here are rewarded for all of eternity. Let me tell you some other good news. And that is the bad things we've done are forgiven if we repent. 
anything that we repent for in this life will never be will never be held accountable for it in heaven. And again, there will be some people that go to heaven and God forgave them, but there's nothing to reward them for except heaven itself, which is a great reward. There's nothing to reward them for. And I'm saying this, when we get to heaven, it will matter. There will be people in heaven that are incredibly blessed because they uh, supported a righteous man or a prophet or a church or a ministry. They helped the downtrodden. They helped the people who are poor and needed help. They did good works. And so, and they blessed the children and protected the children. Those are the things that matter to God. And I look forward to the judgment of works. I look for, I'm, I'm only going to get saved by grace, but I look forward to the day of standing before Jesus and he's given me some talents and to the best of my ability, I've used those talents for the Lord. And I look forward to the day that I can see him. Remember there was another guy in the story, the, the one with the one talent and his attitude told on him. He said, I knew you to be an unfair man. In other words, his concept of God was not good. And he said, here, you have back what is yours. And he said, cast that man into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. People who don't want to serve the Lord, people who treat God like he's some ogre or whatever, it's a dangerous thing to have those attitudes. And it's a dangerous thing not to use your life to give God a reward because that's what he wants. Now, next week, I'm going to have another teaching that I'm going to bring on judgment, something that most people have never thought about that's gonna happen when Jesus returns, that's gonna make a difference in all of our eternity. I'll bring that next week. Now, uh, right now, I'm gonna, we're gonna to go to an interview with John Burke. I wanna thank you for watching this Tipping Point clip, and I want you to subscribe to the channel. I want you, if you're not a subscriber, go ahead and click subscribe there, and thank you for watching and subscribing. I want you to join our Tipping Point community at endtimes.com for $7 a month, you can subscribe and you have a seven day free trial. So if you just wanna check it out for seven days, go on endtimes.com, check us out for seven days, but I can promise you, you're gonna love the content. You're gonna be getting the Tipping Point show, the full show every single week, as well as articles and video content from great teachers like Greg Laurie and Mark Hitchcock, and of course myself. Be sure to subscribe to be notified when we release more videos like this. God bless you.